Hello and welcome to Art Witch, the podcast where creativity, magic, and healing align for personal and collective liberation. I'm your host, Zanetta, and welcome. Art Witch aims to provide resources for creative empowerment, helping folks make and share their art and also find their authentic expression. In this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of artists, witches, and healers, as well as experts in various art industries and related fields, all with the intention of helping folks share their art and their unique magic with the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Art Witch Podcast. I am your host, Zanetta, and thank you so, so much for tuning in. Tonight is actually the new moon in Aquarius. It's February 9th, and I'm recording this just after the new moon has landed here on the East Coast. And I feel like when I record these episodes right as the lunar event occurs, it feels like we finally get to have a conversation about what those energies are and what they mean. And, you know, it's workable. Everything before that just feels a little bit misty and murky, like it's still being formed. Or even that sensation when you were a kid and there's the easy bake oven and you're looking to see if the cake's ready yet and it's not quite ready and you kind of have to wait and not watch it. So I love recording these episodes right as the lunar event occurs. It just feels like (laughs) the ding of the oven just went off. Today is a couple things. The first part is actually a reading that's kind of for the year and for some energies and some thoughts around 2024 and the strength card, the star card, how we can kind of work with those cards and their themes to, you know, just navigate what we're going through personally and collectively. The other part of the reading is actually just for this lunar cycle specifically, and it will be kind of our usual format of tarot reading. So you're going to get a year reading a little bit, and you're going to get a lunar cycle reading. (laughs) And I just want to say thank you before we get started to everyone who's been supporting the podcast, who's been supporting my work. It has been a really intense time. The last six months I've gone through so many health interruptions, health flare-ups, and I had to really take a strong break. Probably one of the most intense breaks I've ever taken from work ever. So as I've been going through that, I just super appreciate everyone's kind support, quiet support, (laughs) and just people checking in or just saying, you know, hey, I thought of you and, you know, sending me all sorts of cool things. I just, it feels nice to be a part of the community, but also to take the time to care for myself. So I hope you've all been creating and enjoying making things and also 
you know, finding ways to be a part of the collective in ways that are really meaningful and relevant to you. So with that, <laughs> let's talk about some of the the things that are coming up around this year. So I had mentioned it's 2024 and Two plus zero plus two plus four adds up to the number eight. And the number eight or key number eight in the tarot is actually the strength card. And another card that people like to connect with, I generally do, that also adds up to eight when the major arcana of the tarot is the star card, which is number 17. So one plus seven also equals eight. So we have the strength card and we also have the star card. So I just have been going through a strength year, actually. <laughs> and there are several themes, almost too many to get into around this card, but I kind of asked, you know, spirit, what aspect of the strength card we could really get into. And it was interesting, you know, what came up because it felt like it just kind of immediately went for the jugular (laughs) and immediately got to the heart of the issue. No mincing words, no beating around the bush. It was just like, boom, let's get into the hardest stuff about the strength card. And personally, I'm getting a sense that it just feels better to work into that. (laughs) So I'll get into like the really specific stuff about strength, but let's take a wider lens for a moment. So number eight has a certain flavor. It has a certain set of qualities I associate with it. Those qualities, those energies of eight are often leveling up, mastery, skill attainment, or skill refinement. They can be things like, here's what it's going to take to go the actual distance. What does it actually take to achieve your dreams or to get to, say, the number 10? Because, you know, thinking about ace to 10 as a journey, eight is nearly there, right? But what is that extra amount of attention, focus, discipline, and effort and skill that actually gets you to the final arrival point, your dreams? How do you really bring your dreams into being? Strength is an amazing energy and archetype to work with when you're trying to get deeper, to really become masterful at something or develop something and ripen it and really get to something very rich and meaningful. I think in this modern experience, there is a lot of fast paced energy and a lot of shallow energy. People dip their toes into quite a few things. They flit about and it's not so bad, but sometimes you can be left feeling hungry, feeling like you need more substantive and more meaningful or deeper connection to say your craft, to your art, the projects that you create, whatever it is, even the relationships that you have. There's a hunger for something deeper and more meaningful. 
And I think strength kind of speaks to that because in order to go there, we have to take time. We have to immerse ourselves. And oftentimes we have to focus. We have to say, no, this is what I want to dedicate my time and energy to right now. And I know I'm devoting time and energy at this moment because it's almost an investment of sorts for the future. It's an investment in, say, having a deeper relationship with your craft. Let's say leveling up as an artist. Maybe you were used to using materials that, you know, you bought them from anywhere. They came from anywhere. You didn't have much of a connection with the materials themselves. And maybe now at this time, you're interested in making your own ink, developing your own pigment, you know, framing your own works and doing those kinds of things. Like if you're an artist working it with audio, maybe you're starting to master and mix your own work rather than having someone else do it. Or you're recording yourself and you're developing the skills to record. There's a deep, deep commitment here, right? With this leveling up. So, you know, thinking about your own art, thinking about your own creative endeavors, what are some places in your practice, your process, you know, the kind of art that you make, the mediums that you are involved in, your training and your skills, what are some ways that you're feeling called to level up? This is like, I think a really big theme around strength because it's what's going to take you to that next level. It's, it's what's going to take you towards your dreams. It's that personal sense of commitment to excellence. And I feel personally a little triggered even saying that. <laughs> commitment to excellence. <laughs> I feel a little triggered hearing that because immediately my mind goes to a conservatory space. It goes towards this sense of rigor, this sense of everything has to be just so, and that I have to meet some kind of external standard. But I think to get clearer on what the strength energy is, it's not necessarily about someone else's standards. It's about your own standards. There's a difference between meeting someone else's standards and meeting your own standards and your own standards are based off of care they're based off of how you care how you love imagine you're creating a piece and you don't know when it's done maybe you get a sense maybe it's that it looks like what it was in your head Maybe it feels like you did very skillful work and that articulates a certain love or a certain care. Seeing your piece at this level of skillfulness, at this level of articulation and execution of vision, that is your standard, your personal standard. And I just want you to think about this now in terms of the collective. So we're going to zoom out 
even a little bit. How our personal understanding of what love is in our artwork, how love is articulated and expressed through the skillfulness of our work, how that just illuminates and contributes to collective beauty and how that contributes to collective intelligence and evolution. That each one of us has a personal standard of care and love and how to show that and articulate that through our creative work. We are each going to go through a different process. We're going to determine what is really loving and what is really beautiful to us. And then that shared collectively informs other people's ideas of beauty and the sense that they deserve to live in a world filled with beauty and magic, that they deserve to experience the healing, the vibrational wonder, the joy, the pleasure of activating in this way and being activated in this way. So personal standards are healing and are powerful. And when we develop our skills and when we deepen our connection to our craft, it is not just about meeting some kind of requirement. It's deeper than that. It's about a personal commitment to beauty in the world. So that's one thing that feels just so inspiring about strength. The other kind of stuff that I want to get into with strength is the actual tension. What does it mean to have one foot in that kind of old way of doing things and another foot towards that evolving, growing, leveling up direction. It can feel a little tense. It can feel like you're being torn apart. It can feel like, you know, you're one foot in the past and one foot in the future and they're going in really opposite directions and you're almost uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable to grow literally growing pains. You hear kids talking about, oh, I ache, or I'm like, and, and it's like, yeah, you're literally growing. Well, when we're literally growing in a strength year, shit hurts. <laughs> it hurts. My strength year has been an insanely physical year for me. It has demanded so much of my attention, focus, and presence with my actual body. Not like some concept in the ether that I get to just like ponder freely and, you know, luxuriate around (laughs) sipping coffee and chilling. No, the work is happening on the ground level in my body, in my bones, in my muscles, in my lungs, in every tendon and joint. It's happening inside me. It is a very physical, embodied, sensual, and intense experience. I think that strength is a very physical energy. 
and brings with it a lot of physical reconciliation of sorts. If you've had a tendency to overwork, if you've had a tendency to ignore your physical needs, to ignore your body, to push past your limits, to take on more than you really know you should, I think strength is going to have something to say about that. (laughs) I think there's going to be some reconciliation for those of us who are overworkers or just don't really center our physical needs and nourishment. I think also with that physicality, there's a reminder with strength that It's not about being the strongest. And so this is where spirit really directed our attention for this year. I asked, what aspect of strength can we really connect to this year and and pay attention to in our creative journeys? And the card that came up, which is like just really spot on, is the five of swords the five of swords knowing when to stay and when to go when to hold on when to let go strength is not about who is the strongest it is about focused application of effort with awareness you need to know the right time to apply your energy and how much energy. It is not about who's got the most muscles, who's got the most money, who's the most skilled. It's about when and where to apply your energy and having awareness about that. When we redefine strength this way, I'm sure many of you are already connecting the dots. There are so many places probably in your life right now where you are over applying energy, where you are trying to maybe either keep up with how other people are doing things or what, you know, you think is expected of you and it is draining your energy and it's not really a great application of your effort, of your resources. And it's even draining you. Maybe it's even sapping your strength. To be empowered and to feel empowered means we're kind of at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And with this five of swords, I really do think the image on the Smith Coleman weight deck is really great. It often shows a figure who has a bunch of the swords and someone's walking away into the distance. Like, what do we need to walk away from? What do we need to say no to, to keep our energy and our sense of agency intact? What is sapping you of that energy? Think in your career, think in your creative circles, think in projects that you've been into. You know, if you're a part of a community project, where are you being pushed to take on more than you should? Where do you need to walk away? There's a lot of ego that can come with conversations around strength. There's so much bravado and machismo energy 
that can come into conversations about strength, but we need to create our own definitions of what strength is. Strength is being aware. Strength is being able to choose where and when you place your energy and who you invest your energy in. It's having your energy intact and having the agency and wherewithal to apply that energy where you see fit and in the matters that make the most sense to you personally. Not every situation is worth your time or energy. Not every person, not every endeavor, not every project, especially when it's to prove something or you're unconsciously in some kind of race or competition to justify your worth or your skills or your ability This is just a little aside, but when I was in percussion school, I remember, you know, it'd always be like, who could play faster? Who could like, you know, do all this from memory? And and it wasn't so intense, but there was that thread, that undercurrent of competition consistently underpinning things. And there's definitely healthy competition, but it's, it usually has to be in a in a sense that everyone is still really worthy, everyone is still loved, everyone is still unique and a beautiful contributor to a community and you know has their individual sovereignty intact. But, you know, a lot of times in these situations, I can think of a lot of people who have a lot of career situations where this comes up like there's unhealthy competition, toxic competition where unfortunately we are just constantly competing with one another or think that we're in competition with one another. And we can even kind of go to another place with this and kind of think about how often we look at our friends and our peers and our colleagues and we're in that comparison space, in that competition mindset that when we see someone doing something, you know, it's about dominance or something. I don't have any problem with dominance in healthy ways, but I think there can be kind of almost a hierarchy or superiority about who's better or who's stronger or who's more capable. And there is a lot of collective awareness that unconsciously surfaces with the strength card, which I think is why the star card is so fucking powerful in this conversation about strength. Because how we understand ourselves to be strong can often be how we view ourselves in proximity to others, how we perceive our own personal strength relative to the strength of others. What power do we think we have as an individual? And does that diminish or increase relative to who we see next to us? If your friend is succeeding at all these things that you really want to do, do you feel yourself inferior or lacking or at a deficit or somehow behind as a result of seeing their let's say, success or excellence. There's that collective and personal overlap right there between the strength and the star card in that situation. 
And for many of us artists, we have been experiencing such diminishment, dismissive energy towards our work, towards our contributions to society, that we are used to being so hungry for people to care about how much we care. And it's heartbreaking. It's actually really, really heartbreaking because I think so much of the comparisonitis and the unhealthy competition and the jealousy and the envy that we experience between one another, it's so fucking understandable. It's so understandable. Most of us aren't making decent wages or aren't making enough money to even, you know, support our art, let alone our lives. (laughs) So many of us are struggling to get any kind of eyes on what we're doing, any kind of funding, let alone getting a job that you could actually do, doesn't mean that those things aren't out there, but damn, it is hard. And it takes a lot of effort. And it's not just effort, it's also luck. (laughs) So with that kind of level of starvation, and that level of dismissiveness and um, neglect, it is really understandable how people hunger after what someone else has and see themselves in in competition with one another. This is not everyone. This is not all of you. I know I realize I'm actually talking to a community of people who are doing so much personal self-awareness work and so much compassion work with themselves that there's been a lot of this healed. That doesn't mean it goes away entirely. I think this year, as we're leveling up, as we're growing, as we're deepening our connections and devotions to, you know, the sacred work that we want to do and the creative projects we know we're here to bring about, there's going to be a natural sense of competitiveness and also inferiority and superiority and those kinds of questionings that are going to arise in this strength year. And it is on us to understand that we belong to understand that each one of us, as we exist and as we are here doing what we're here doing, whether that's making art or not, whether that's taking a break or jumping in, whether that's maintaining things, whether that's dreaming, whether that's creating, whether that's expressing and sharing, I don't care where you are in the creative phase and process of things. I don't care if you're putting out work or not putting out work. I don't care if you're making work or not making work. Each one of us is part of this kind of collective network, this beautiful network of beings who make this world alive and beautiful. Every single one of us is needed. I've said that many times on this podcast, but just to be very, very firm Every one of us is needed at any place that we are at any moment in time. We're reframing strength, not from this 
hierarchical verticality superiority but we're free framing it as how can we nurture our skills our most truest desires our longings how can we nurture our unique longings and develop them and cultivate them into rich articulated nuanced and complex beautiful sharings eventually many of us will share our work or have shared our work but this strength year might kind of be a moment where you feel you might need to take time to develop some skills take time to take some more classes or learn some things or study with you know a mentor or someone who's working adjacently that might have some information to help you develop. So those are some themes around strength. I want you to just think about where you feel these themes have shown up, let's say in the last six months or so in your work, where you think you might want to dig deeper, how you know yourself to be uniquely and inherently belonging to the collective and contributing to the collective how maybe you plan to develop your skills more maybe what aspects of your art or your creative process might you want to explore and get deeper with and then you know around the competitiveness be very compassionate with yourself and just low-key look at it you know just lightly observe yourself lightly observe how you feel when you see someone succeeding in work that's kind of similar to yours or someone who's a, a friend who maybe you know got the grant that you didn't get or you know not everyone has that inclination to compare not all of us have that at all times but if it does come up for you compassion you know just practicing compassion with yourself understanding this system of what our art exists within i don't think that all that jealousy is just an individual failing i think that's intentional part of how resources are being made scarce You know, it's an intentional part of creating demand. (laughs) So just being very compassionate and very kind as you're observing your relationship with others, with competition, with the collective, and then also really, really loving on yourself and, and really, really saying, yeah, I do contribute to the collective. This collective is formed by each individual person trying to share what they love, trying to create what means something to them. That beautiful diversity, that prismatic, infinite, multifacetedness of our collective is richly created through individual desires and individual creations. 
Every artist contributes something so powerful. So really owning that, really remembering that, really sinking into that. If you have to chant it, if you have to sing it, if you have to journal it, if you have to have a post-it every day on your bathroom mirror that says, I contribute beauty to the world. No matter where I am or what I'm doing, I am contributing beauty to the world. I am an artist. Whatever that means to you, however you affirm that in your soul, that's something that you can really, really invest time and energy on. That's something you can focus on. Remember, focus is a big theme of strength this year. Where we choose to place our attention and energy, that is true strength. Not being skillful or being stronger, but being focused and disciplined, choosing to say, no, I am a beautiful, lively contributor of beauty to this world. That is powerful. And it helps us regain our sense of power, right? There has been a lot of feelings of powerlessness, a lot of feelings of how am I contributing? What does my art even matter within the scope of things? And that is so understandable, but that erases the validity of magic and beauty in the world. It erases kind of everything that makes life worth fucking living. No, your art may not be able to instantly stop bombs, but your art is important and is vital. And that power that we have in creating, we have to keep that intact. We have to remember it every single day. There are so many forces in the world that are constantly trying to make us forget our power. They want us focusing on suffering only. They want us to not feel pleasure or beauty. They don't want us to feel joy in our bodies or like our bodies or feel good in our bodies because then that would mean that we value that and we believe in that and we stand clear and strong for that for all beings. It is so much easier to control people who are feeling disempowered and feel like they have no power. It is so easy to manipulate people who are scared and who do not think that they have any agency in a situation. But our art and our creative expression are vital to our sense of agency and our sense of power. So at the very least this year, Coming back to creating, coming back to beauty, coming back to magic, coming back to the things that make you feel alive will help you live. (laughs) Coming back to the things that make you feel alive will help you live. I don't know if that's going to translate into some kind of change that you can see measurable progress on. But what I will say is, is that all of us walking catatonically means that we're not giving any energy to what we're connected to. We're not connecting. It feels really important this year to remember your power through your creation, through your creative inspiration. 
whatever helps you feel alive, whatever feels livening will help you live. Okay, so now we're moving on to this lunar cycle. This lunar cycle starts February 9th on the new moon in Aquarius, which is today. And tomorrow, February 10th, is the Lunar New Year. So happy Lunar New Year to all of you. And then we have February 24th, the full moon in Virgo. And this lunar cycle ends March 9th, just before the new moon in Pisces on March 10th. And also daylight savings starts on March 10th. So just be aware, a month from now, we have daylight savings for those of you who live in the States. So we're in the new moon in Aquarius. Beautiful, beautiful, collective, powerful healing energy. And naturally, the invitation for this lunar cycle is something around the collective. Makes sense, right? So our invitation for the Witch community is the three of pentacles. The three of pentacles, a really, really beautiful, wonderful energy to work with at this time, at the beginning of the year. I want to think of collaborations. I want to think of fruitful possibilities when we are together. I want to think about gathering. I want to think about a picnic in the park with my friends. It's nice to be in the park, you know, anytime, but it's so much better when you're with your friends and you just get a chance to like enjoy each other and the sensualness of nature and, you know, hearing the insects and feeling the sun on your face and sharing food, sharing food. There's something about sharing food that I think it doesn't have to be a metaphor, but it is just so true through and through as to like the goodness of life. (laughs) Like sharing food with people is one of my favorite things to do. Everyone is cared for. Everyone feels good. Things taste better with other people around. That's what I usually feel. Every time I share food, I just feel like so soulfully fulfilled. It's not only that I ate a meal, but my soul ate a meal because I shared food with people. And this three of pentacles has this flavor of what is so much richer, so much more tastier, what feels so good because others are a part of it. Others get to share. How does something ripen? How does it get juicier and even more delicious? Because you're partaking in it with someone else. That's like the general flavor of the invitation for this lunar cycle. I want you to feel like almost like juices, like grapes, like, you know, just beautiful bodies and like just the energy of like, uh, you know, sensual, pleasureful delight in community. For many of us who have had so many experiences collaborating or being a part of things with other people, 
the first place we go to is, oh, what's going to happen? How's it going to go down? Oh, I need to bring something. I need to, you know, contribute in some way. It needs to be just so, or what if they don't like what I bring? Or, you know, think about <laughs> like a dinner party or something or a potluck. Instead of just being like excited about eating good food with good people, <laughs> you're like stressing out hard about like, oh, did I bring like the right dish? Did I bring enough for everyone? What will they think of what I brought? Am I going to be socially awkward there? Did I wear the, you know, cool outfit, whatever, yada, yada. Oh, I talk too much about myself. Oh, <laughs> all the like funny little anxieties that can come up and this kind of two sides of the same coin, right? Like you can have this joyful gathering with people, or you can have this anxious filled anticipation of what it will be like to be social. And this new moon, we're healing some of that shit. That is our invitation. If you do not collaborate with people, I want you to think about if you've wanted to collaborate with people and there's no pressure here, right? Zero pressure to collaborate. But if you've wanted to be a part of something or to collaborate with someone or join a community or step into a different partnership or kind of get in with a different group, this reading is really speaking to you. It's really speaking to you. It wants you to know that it's okay to have those hesitations and those anxieties and fears and worries come up. It's completely understandable. And whatever you've been through before or whatever you think might happen, it's okay. You could still have a really wonderful and meaningful connection with others and still have these feelings arise. For those of you who are really interested in opening up, being a part of a community or a group or a new partnership or new connections, yeah, this is the cycle for you. This is the lunar cycle. It's beautiful too that it's happening at the beginning of the year, right? Because it's like the beginning of the year, you might not be ready to just make a bunch of shit with a bunch of people. <laughs> You may not be ready for that, but the seeds are there. And I think with the three of pentacles, the seeds for community connections are revealing themselves. They're like, hey, there are some potential connections, some potential relationships here. Think on where those are in your life. Think on where those are in your career. Let's think of some examples here. What if you are going to teach a class with someone or you want to maybe pair up with someone and teach a workshop? That's a great example. Maybe it's even a project that requires group involvement. So you're writing a book or you've written a book and you need a publisher, you need an editor, you know, you need some support. That might be something or maybe you need a group like a group environment, a writing group, an author group that helps you bring that into being published. 
those are some examples of projects or situations where there's a community connection element. I think it's easy to go it alone. (laughs) I think it's easy and a strength here to feel like you have to be the source of all the power and all the energy. That you alone have to channel and create and execute and edit and refine and share, promote, market, (laughs) and do whatever it is that project is by yourself. That would be a novice's understanding of how work comes into the world. And some people might scoff at me calling them novices for having this belief, but it's a limited one, right? If you believe that the things that you make are only by your hands, mind, spirit, and body alone, and heart alone. Oh, that sounds so hard. It sounds so difficult. And I want to give you a lot of love, but that is not the way that things come into being. They come into being through connection, through community. Everything takes multiple hands to make everything. No matter how solo your process is, no matter how solo your performance is, there's some other being connected to that work. The card that comes up and kind of highlights this challenge for us, the second card and and what's really stopping us from stepping into this three of pentacles is the page of pentacles in reverse. The page of pentacles in reverse. Think about how the page of pentacles might stop us from embracing the three of pentacles. The page might have a hesitance or resistance, might feel inferior, might feel like they're not capable or they don't have the skills, or they don't have the resources, or the know-how. Maybe they feel worried about contributing and being able to contribute enough. Maybe there's a little worry also about whether or not they're ready for something like this. The beauty of this three is it's playful ultimately. You don't have to know the final outcome or or you don't have to commit for the long haul with this community connections or these groups or this collaborations. It can be just testing things out. It can be very simple and saying, you know, I'm going to go to that writing group this week. Who knows what will happen? (laughs) But even if it doesn't pan out, it's the beginning of you opening up. And we really do need to open up, right? Because when we don't open up, we can stagnate. Things can die. You know, things that don't get enough sunlight, don't get enough water, don't get enough air, they wither on the vine. We need fresh energy. We need others. We need to be a part of stuff in order for things to live. So sometimes we need to step out of our own way 
We need to set aside our fears, set aside our concerns about ourselves and say, you know, I have this idea for doing this thing. I'm going to try it and see if it works with, you know, doing it with this community element. Who knows where it will lead? And at least I'm trying to live. At least I'm trying. The cards that came through that were kind of like the next step or the next action were the death card and the six of swords in reverse. Letting go of this fear, this kind of maybe feeling not as strong or not as capable or not as resourced is something that we need to set aside or something we need to let go of. And also not making such a fucking big deal out of this moment. Yeah, you know, there's new potential. It's a portal of possibility. But it also doesn't have to be this huge undertaking. Maybe consider it like a threshold that you need to cross. Maybe it's easier to do that with other people. Let's like take, for example, a simple thing that you'd like to start. Like, let's say you'd like to start walking. Cool. Join a walking group with some people. Let the fact that you're being a part of something help you to cross that threshold. What I feel from the death card and from the six of swords in reverse is a sort of blockage. Like you've been unable to cross this threshold by yourself and you might need the assistance of a group energy in order to get started. Sometimes we need others to get started. Sometimes it's the fact that we you know, signed up for that thing, or we paid money for that thing, or our friends are going to meet us there or something. And that helps us show up. And that helps us commit in new ways. So thinking about how a group energy, a community can help us do things that we couldn't do by ourselves. And maybe you already know where that is in your creative practice or in your career or in your art. Maybe you already know what I'm talking about. And you're like, yeah, I need to sign up for that group or I need to do this thing. Cool. For those of you who don't maybe have anything coming up right now, take some time to reflect on some of the things you've been struggling with, struggling to get started, and how being a part of a group might actually assist you to get started. What are some things? Has it been you're trying to have a consistent writing practice? Maybe join a writing group. It's pretty simple, right? More complex things might be like, I have this idea for a project, I would like to work with these collaborators. Let me reach out to them. Maybe the project won't even get started unless you have connections with these people first and start kind of being a part of that. Maybe the project won't even reveal itself until you've hung out with those people. Sometimes 
we need others presence in order to activate certain dreams and ideas. A good example of this for me personally, and I'll share it because I think we're not just talking about human beings, but we're talking about spirits and interdimensional beings and others who share existence, but maybe aren't on the same plane with us. I remember I had a grant project that I did in collaboration with a tree and that project most certainly would not have happened if I had not been communicating and in connection and constantly working with this tree. That is how that project came into existence. I could not have made that project myself. It wasn't only my idea and it wasn't just something that I could have made. I had to be constantly in dialogue with this tree in order for this project to exist. So maybe your collaborations are not just about your human to human relationships. Maybe it's your human to animal relationships. Maybe it's your human to insect relationships. Maybe it's your human to mm, spirit relationships, nature spirit relationships, um, ancestor relationships. There are projects that I've done where I had to collaborate with my ancestors. There are so many things that we take on or that we won't let ourselves take on because we're still thinking about who we are as individuals and what we are capable of individually. And understandably, we will not go and tackle things because as individuals, we can't do those things alone. But if we broaden our awareness to include our web of connections and relationships, then it becomes something entirely different. What projects might you take on? What dreams might you actually devote yourself to and commit to if you knew it wasn't just you working on it? So many of like the most, um, let's say the most established organizations and, you know, that have worked on all sorts of global issues and stuff like that started because one person thought, this is so important that I not only want to share it, but I want to have others share this with me and do this work with me. Every movement, every kind of like major social shift happens because people mobilize in a group. We mobilize in a group. And in the conversation of a strength year and a star year, we are understanding our power, our personal power and our collective power. So this is a gentle invitation into starting to open up, starting to imagine and reach out and connect with people and be open to diverse ways of doing things, diverse ideas. You know, it is not only just about curating also 
who you collaborate with. Some of that makes sense at certain times, but some of it also requires us to, you know, like that five of swords that came up earlier in our year ahead reading, we are going to have differences of ideas and opinions. That's not necessarily the sticking point. It's important for us to be able to hear one another and to listen to one another and to keep the lines of communication open, especially when we're starting to make ourselves available to group work and group movement. So, you know, don't let those mental walls, don't let those pre-existing wounds and scars completely cut you off from the potential to connect to others. You know, make yourself available this lunar cycle to community, to groups, to new relationships, maybe to existing relationships that want to develop a little bit more. Keep a playful and open mind and exploring mind. Don't worry so much about whether or not it's going to lead to something or whether or not you are going to invest. And if you're going to invest for the long haul, you know, that page of pentacles in reverse, like it's too easy to fall into a pragmatic mindset about things over sensibility, over belief in your knowing, like kind of the story is already written before it's even begun. And it's easy to write yourself out of possibilities, to think you already know what's going to happen and whether or not it's worth your time and energy. And don't get me wrong, I'm not telling you to waste your time and energy on completely fruitless endeavors. We all have to compromise. We all have to decide whether or not something is worth our time and energy. That's the balance of living in the material world. But there is such a thing as not being open to the great mystery. We have the death card and the six of swords in reverse. Are you open to the great mystery? Do you wake up believing that each day anything could happen? Do you think you know so much about everything that's going to happen in your career, in your art, in your community, in your actions, in your day-to-day life, in your future, that you don't hold space for the unknown? Strength and star, star especially, is like hope. What is going to give you some freaking hope? Live in that hope. Live in that hope. Live in that dream. Live in the idea that like, yeah, anything is possible. I don't know everything. I couldn't possibly know everything. Live in the hope. Okay, friends. So just to recap, because this was a huge reading today. We had the year ahead reading and we also had this new moon lunar cycle reading for our creative journeys. We are invited into the three of pentacles, into joyfully gathering gathering with others and creating with others and seeing where that might lead us. 
We want to remain open to the possibilities and not fall into a sense of pragmatic overknowing with this page of pentacles in reverse. We want to make sure that we're staying available to the mystery. So our actionable thing that we can do is to remember mystery to cultivate that. I encourage you to reflect, take a little time this week, especially in the new moon, take a little time between the next, you know, few days or so to just reflect on the amazing, mysterious, magical and miraculous things that have occurred in your life that you did not know would happen or that just kind of occurred or that spontaneously surprised you. Every one of us has a story, probably multiple stories, about when the great mystery (laughs) surprised us. When, oh my God, you got that crazy apartment or like you reconnected with that person and it led to this amazing thing. And, or like you had a windfall of something happen or, you know, these miracles, essentially these mysterious miracles Can we remember some of those, conjure them, let them fill you up with possibility and illuminate that portal forward, illuminate that opening of other worlds and other worlds are made possible by other people, other beings. Every being holds so many worlds and when we kind of remember mystery we remember we're not the only ones and we don't have to be the only ones to bring things into existence so this cycle you're invited to really open up make some connections explore some community and collective networks if you've been feeling like you want to collaborate this is a great time to say yes and to reach out to people or let people reach out to you and see who wants to collaborate with you who's interested in you i am sure there are a ton of people who have been waiting to be a part of your world and who are excited for what you're creating and are thinking, I need to be involved with this person. They are just magic. If you're scared, if you feel hesitance, if there's some kind of resistance, treat yourself nicely and just work with it. Don't work against it. Don't try to erase it. Just feel in to where that tension lies in your body, what thoughts come up, what sensations come up when you are exploring this resistance and see, is this resistance true? What is it trying to protect you from? What does it think it's trying to protect you from? How true are those worries and those fears? Are those fears and worries related to something that has already happened? Is what's already happened a true indicator of what will happen? These are questions that you can work with if you're experiencing that kind of resistance to community or group connections. If you don't feel like working with any kind of new relations or connections or things like that, maybe exploring the theme of community in 
ways that are really truly relevant to you could also be helpful. Like in your creative practice and process, who are the beings that make your art possible? How does your art actually come into existence through a combined effort, through many streams of creative genius? Do you, as a solo practitioner and as a solo creator, do you have really valued collaborators that are magical, that are spiritual, that are alien, that are angelic, that are divine? Do you have collaborators that you haven't even begun to name that maybe you feel you need to start naming that maybe you need to start exploring what it means to name and claim those beings who inform your work if you've never talked about spirit before if you've never talked about getting channeled visions from your grandmother maybe that's something you need to start processing as part of this work And maybe you need to start making some offerings and giving some other exchanges towards these beings if that feels right. You know, like placing some food at the altar for whoever it is that you've been collaborating with. Maybe saying thank you to your neighbor by making them some banana bread for giving you that leftover wood. (laughs) Whatever it is, it's very easy to become lonely and isolated to be like the solo artist or like an entity unto yourself and only by yourself. But that is not reality. That is a limited understanding of reality. So exploring the collective, the community, the network, the web, the group, the relations, the connections. I hope this brought a lot of ideas and possibilities to your work. So many of you are doing amazing things and existing in so many beautiful and magical ways. It's inspiring to know some of you in this community and to just imagine you living your lives and doing your thing and and how beautiful the world is because you are you. So I hope that in this reading, you're feeling centered in your own personal, beautiful, unique creativity and expression. Okay. So one last announcement before I wrap up this episode, I am offering year ahead readings for the creative journey. What I can say about year ahead readings is that they are wonderful ways to stay grounded through the highs and lows that occur during the year. It's also a little complicated depending on your relationship with the future. (laughs) Many of these readings have a predictive element to them. So if you're uncomfortable knowing about the future or looking into the future and its effects on you kind of knowing about the future, I really understand that because I struggle with that too. (laughs) Ironically, um, as someone who does a lot of like future predictive work, and gets a lot of information about the future, it's hard to know something that's coming up. But I guess for me, it's like a guide. 
a guiding post or a guideline. Like imagine you're walking a trail and you have these little flags that show you you're kind of on this path. It's like helpful, right? Because you kind of are affirmed in what's happening. You know, it's not walking the steps for you and it's not necessarily going to show you every single move that you need to make, but it's giving you a sense of where you're headed and if you're still kind of on the right track. And for me, I feel a little bit more like I have aim when I have a year ahead reading. When I don't do a year ahead reading, it kind of feels like I'm not really connecting to intention and I'm not really connecting to a sense of my future. So I love having a year ahead reading, not only to kind of know what might come up, but also to have a relationship with my future that says, I'm going to be there. I want to see you on the other side of this. I want to be with you there. (laughs) And I'm planning on these things. What I've learned from doing this for many years now is that, yes, a lot of these monthly reads, these cards will come up and they are accurate. But that does not mean there's no room for play. That does not mean that you are not going to be surprised. That does not mean that everything's going to happen the way your mind thinks it's going to happen. A lot of times what happens is my perception of the cards and these archetypes and these energies evolves and develops because I'm living them. So I really love the living with the cards aspect of a year ahead reading. I think you only get more nuanced and more rich and deep with the tarot when you really live like what does a tower month feel like? What does the knight of swords feel like? You know, what happened in those months that indicated those cards and how did you navigate things by embodying the knight of swords? How did you navigate things and perceive things through the empress? This is the gold, honestly, of a year ahead reading. Yes, you can get the predictive stuff. Yes, it's like really intense and amazing to get psychic information. Yes, it's really fun. (laughs) But it's that evolving relationship with the cards that is so fucking magical. You know, when you do the Empress spell, but you've lived the Empress and you can really invoke that energy and you can really embody that energy. When the Empress comes to you in moments because you've lived a solid amount of time of awareness with the Empress, it's different. It's just a different quality. In fact, it's a language of magic that you can only really access once you started to become aware of it, right? So having these year ahead readings makes you aware of energy in a really different way. Also, your agency and power to work with those energies, not to just succumb to the brokenness of the tower, but to actually learn and grow with the tower as a person. So... Yeah, I love I love that. And I feel like year ahead readings give us a chance to actually to become real wielders 
of those energies in a different way to really work with their magic very intentionally and effectively. So that is my take on year ahead readings. I'm offering them and yeah, I'm very, 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 very excited. I have to give myself a year ahead reading this weekend (laughs) and I'm going to do that for this new moon, but I will list the dates that I'm available on my website and have the time slots. You can all check that out. There will be a handful of sliding scale spots for Two-Spirit LGBTQIA+, uh, BIPOC, chronically ill, disabled folks that will be available. And I will try to get to as many people as possible. My availability is always evolving, <laughs> but I hope to be giving more readings soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And also, if you want to connect further, you can join the Patreon community, patreon.com slash artwitchpodcast and support the podcast there. And also feel free to follow along on Instagram at artwitchpodcast or on my personal Instagram at soundartmagic. Thank you all so much for tuning in and I hope you have a glorious strength year, glorious star year and enjoy this new moon in Aquarius because it's so flavorful and delicious and rich. So anyway, take care and have a beautiful lunar cycle. If you enjoyed today's episode of Art Witch, please consider subscribing or writing a review. Each and every little bit helps spread the word to more and more people.